Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. There are some things you learn over the years that no one has to tell you. And I think those little things we figure out ourselves are different for everyone. But one of my biggest realizations over the past couple years is the power of proximity. You know, I had some really incredible people that took time to intentionally invest in me throughout middle and high school and college. But I think I learned the most by being in proximity to people I admired and respected. I think you can learn something from pretty much everyone in the most non-cliche way possible, right? I mean, some teach you what to do and some teach you what not to do. But regardless, we are influencing everyone who engages with us on any level, for good and for bad. And over the next few weeks, you'll hear from some of the couples who influenced me the most, who taught me without really meaning to what healthy relationships look like. These are people I admire and love, and I think you will too. First is a couple who has taught me what generosity and thoughtfulness practically look like. I learned the art of finding middle ground and choosing to keep giving more in seasons you don't really feel like it. I learned it all from my friends, Jimmy and Amanda. Here's no one told me love means giving without expectation. All right, we are officially into our relationship conversations. And some of you might remember my friend Amanda from one of our very first episodes we released talking about marriage. And I don't know that I've laughed so hard hearing someone talk about from their engagement all the way up to their marriage. Uh, It was a good time. So we got to hear her story. So here's what I've done. I've brought her and her husband, Jimmy, on this time because I just feel like he needs to be able to share his side of the story. So I'm real curious where this is going to go. So we've got Amanda, we've got Jimmy with us. And Jimmy, I'm going to let you start. Tell us kind of uh, yours and Amanda's backstory. The beginning, when did you all meet? That good stuff. Well, we actually met at a little get-together but the first time I saw Amanda, I remember I was shooting basketball and I just <laughs> caught a glimpse of her walking by. And I guess that was in 97 or so. And I remember she had like a green sweater on and white. He even remembers what you were wearing. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, shirt on, some blue jeans. and Were you wearing uh, your Air Jordans? Her hair or? was. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember who I was in there with some kid just, you know, randomly shooting. But I just, I just noticed her. And so we went to this get together. It was a fall festival instead of a Halloween party. Oh, you know? We don't celebrate <laughs> Halloween around here. And so, gosh, we just sit around the fire and just got to talking with her and Jenny chatting. And so I remember uh, the next night, that was a Friday, the next night there was a, a concert, Clay Cross. This, uh, You remember him? I do not remember <laughs> yeah, okay. Clay Cross. I'm sorry to say. And I think he had like one or two popular songs. So I got uh, tickets and I didn't have anybody to go with. And so on Saturday, the day of the concert, I was like, who could have her number? Because I knew she was friends with Jenny. You didn't and get then, it at the fireside? No, oh, no. That was back before cell phones, I think. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. 
But um, on the home phone, my words are dating us. Caller ID. But Paula, Miss Paula, was always so kind, and I felt like she was approachable. And so I just opened the phone book and called her, and she was like, like "Yellow Pages phone book." Well, just a regular phone book. And so I was like, "Hey, you know, you know Amanda because she's friends with Tim and Jenny, and I was going to ask her to a concert." And so she gave me her number, and then, of course, she said, no, I, I can't go. Well, you did all that work. <laughs> well, you yeah. worked so hard. We, we met on a Friday, and you called me that Saturday, so it wasn't like I was like. Right. Oh, of course. But you, 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 she, she already had plans that she had people over. She goes, you're welcome to come over. So I gave my tickets to my sister. I was say, you got rid of those tickets yeah. real fast, uh-huh. Yeah, so then mm-hmm. that's, when it, that's when we first started chatting. Yeah. So when you were at it. the fire, did you remember her from when you had seen her at the basketball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you knew what you were doing. Yep. You knew what, yep. what you were going about. <laughs> so how old were you all when that happened? Um, 28, because we got married when I was 30 and you were 35. Yeah, so, see, there's yeah. a five-year age difference. I don't think I ever knew yes. that. Yes, yeah. yeah. See, it mm-hmm. had to happen this yeah. way. That's why she could. She was. That's why I got married later in life, because he was still in training. He was. Yes. Mm-hmm. He maturing. needed some time to get it <laughs> yes, together. he needed to marinate. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why, what was different? You know, like if if you're in your, your upper 20s, you know, lower 30s, what made this different? How did you know that this specific relationship was going to be different than the ones that you'd been in before? Well, I will say for myself, because I was, what did we say, 32? Mm-hmm. Let's just say I was 32. I like it. Um, obviously, so I've been around for a while. And then just dating people, at that point in my life, I just thought, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to get married. Because I prefer my own company over just settling for somebody. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my own company too much. So I'm great. I'll just hang out with yes, myself. Yes, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> and it's exhausting trying to be like a chameleon. You just, you watch somebody and you think, okay, they need somebody who's funny or they need somebody who's sassy or, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. so yep. you find yourself adapting to whatever this person's mm-hmm. personality is. So anyway, but with Jimmy, instantly... I was myself. I mean, I I could be funny. And then, of course, that he has a wonderful sense of humor. That was one of the first things that really drew me to him was that he was so funny. It and wasn't he, his basketball shots? No, <laughs> no, not this point. But uh, And he appreciated my warped sense of humor because it's not just everybody who can pick up on my humor. And immediately I could be myself. I just let my guard down, which was really saying something for me at this point. Um and I don't know how you felt, but yeah. of course, Jimmy, there he's never met a stranger, so he could talk to anybody about anything, and that really helped me to let go and just be myself. Yeah, it was real natural. You know, it was almost like um, you didn't have to work at it to, to yeah. be around, and I think we took a good approach, too. We were friends with what we were real active with the Living Christmas Tree, and Don Wilson had this huge young professional class like 70 to 100 people mm-hmm. and and I remember just saying God I just the ideal person would be you know someone that's a Christian and has a good sense of humor and so then I met her family and so I really love her family and so it was just like it was a package deal mm-hmm. you know especially her father-in-law we become real good buddies yeah. so it was really easy yeah so basically it was just and I think that's such a good descriptor for when you know it's someone that could last forever is that you don't, you're not trying. Exactly. You're just, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. You're just, there's no like guessing at what you might say or not say. You don't have to guess at what's going to, you know, make them happy or make them sad. You can just be normal mm-hmm. and you somehow click yeah. along yeah. the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yes. That's very much what it was. And I think me. that trying so hard is what really 
kind of sets a relationship off to the um, on the wrong foot. I remember, Mando, when I got married, you said to me, the way um, start out as you mean to go. Yeah. And I've told you this a million times. I didn't know what that meant fully until I was married and in it. Yes. Because it was whatever you're going to do now is what you're going to do later. Yes. And you're either going to get really mad that you have to do it later or maybe you'll still enjoy it. Probably not. Like, right. just, you know, and mm-hmm. so I didn't know that until I got it. But I love that even for a dating relationship. Like, if you were going to try really hard in the beginning, um, chances are you're going to have to continue trying really hard. Exactly. Yes. Whatever you create at the beginning, you're going to have to maintain that. So go into it with your eyes wide open. If you're going to be this, be it all the time. Don't mm-hmm. be six months down the road like, now you're really going to get to see me. And that person doesn't even like the real person mm-hmm. that you are. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, too, how couples, they just latch onto each other and they disregard their friends. And we didn't do that. We were always doing stuff with other people. I mean, going to movies together, hanging out, um, whatever, you know. So that I think that that helped, too, because you really get to know someone. Mm-hmm. Right. Then the, it took, I mean, maybe a couple of months before we really started doing anything just by ourselves. By ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of times when you are with your friends, they can see if you all are going to work or not more than you can sometimes. Yes. Sometimes you're just kind of clouded by an interest. Yes. But when you have the people who love you the most around you, they can kind of see, is this going to work or not going to work more yes. than you can. Oh, yeah. yeah, And they can see if you're being your real self. Um, I love my sister and hopefully she won't listen to this. I won't say her name because I got two sisters. Y'all be guessing. <laughs> You'll never but, know. Oh, I could tell when she was around her boyfriend du jour that her personality would change. She would kind of become a nincompoop. And I was always just scratching my head. That's got to be exhausting trying to be somebody that you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, So we always knew when she could really be herself around somebody that we like this person. Mm -hmm. How did you all take the steps to intentionally develop that relationship? You know, because... You spent that time with friends, but then when you started spending time alone, what did it look like to intentionally figure out, okay, is this, you know, the person God has for me? Is this the person that I'm going to spend my life with? Hmm. I don't know. Like for us, it just it just naturally developed. It's not like something that I had to, I guess, be intentional about. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds right, but the more I spent time with him, the more I wanted to know about him. And um, it just came natural for us to spend time together. And the fact that he, um, I guess, I don't, I don't want to say did well, but um, he really enjoyed my friends and my family, and I felt the same way about him, that it just, I don't know, we just went along. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm explaining this properly. It just progressed naturally. Yes, more it so did. Than it's not like we had forced. to work at it. Um, we were always ourselves, so he got to see me in the good and the bad. But what was unique when we did premarital counseling, even though you were talking about dating, but like getting to know each other intentionally. <laughs> That's when it gets uh, super yeah. intense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so you know, we went through that um, that questionnaire with like 200 yeah. questions, oh, my the words, personality yes. test yes. or whatever. And the pastor that did it said <laughs> that he's never seen anyone that was so opposite. Yes. And so, like, That's he showed what you the, hear. yeah, uh, <laughs> he showed the graphs, and they, you know, they were going in the complete different directions. But yeah, but it was so cool, though. But he said, "You all are going to have these are the areas that you all are going to have problems with." 
And he was spot on. Isn't Mm -hmm. it odd how accurate anyone who is engaged or even just when you get engaged, premarital counseling is so valuable. It is. Some people just think, well, this is just a little box to check. That's what they want us to do. I'm like, give me that that discount on that license. I'll do premarital counseling. But we're fine. We don't need it. Right. But we learned just things that we, and Ryan and I had been together six years by the time we were getting married. And I was like, I know everything there is to know. Like, I'm not worried about this. But it was eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot different when you actually live together together. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus with us being different, you know, we have different interests and that sort of thing, but to intentional, we sometimes even we would try to do our work, like say, let's just go into one room and hang out. Like let's, you bring your work, you know, your administrative stuff or, or at least I'll read a book, but let's just try to at least be in the same room versus different parts of the house. Mm-hmm. How did you see, now I'm a little curious, how did you see some of that premarital counseling play out once you were married? Because there are times, Ryan and I, one of the things that they pointed out to us, um, and Ryan's going to be like, why are you bringing this up right now? <laughs> but it's on me, mm-hmm. is that I react quickly if um, if he tells me I'm wrong, like if Ryan does on any way, tell me. Even if he's like, hey, um, can did you not replace the paper towels? I'm like, what do you mean? Did I not replace yes. the paper towels? Do you not towels? know? How to I do, know. It like, do you not know how hard it is to do that <laughs> and everything else? Like, yes, I will get set off. And they talked about that with us in premarital. Like, Callie, mm-hmm. you will probably have a quick temper on simple things, yeah, like stuff. And Ryan, you will think you're communicating one way, but she's not going to take it. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. And to this day, there are moments, and I'm like, I, this was we told. They told us it's going to happen. You know? Yes. Like, do you yeah. have those moments now where you're like, they told me this was going to happen? Oh, for myself, I'll tell on myself. Um, I don't want to say this makes me sound terrible, but basically he said, um, the, was it Brother Abernathy? Mm-hmm. He said that um, I would have a problem with control. And maybe because it was old, I was older. I don't know. Or if it's just my personality, but I kind of buck against authority. And no matter what he said, again, like just putting up uh, paper towels yeah. or anything, I would, I would want to be contrary Yes, and I didn't yeah. even see that in myself until he pointed it out, and I thought, oh, that's just little stuff. Yeah. But years down the road, I thought, oh, he wasn't just talking about, like, superficial things. This is can be some big things, like in finances mm-hmm. or just submitting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a healthy thing to be able to see it and yes. step back. Like, yes. think about if you hadn't gone through that counseling, if they hadn't said, hey, this could happen. Then you would have been. It would have been like Jimmy just needs to stop doing that. Exactly. Like, this isn't me. This we is would him, be happy if he would just quit doing this stuff. He <laughs> would just do what I said. Everything right. would be fine, Jimmy, if you'd listen to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just wish that I had taken it more seriously what yeah. he had said because I would just thought, well, this is this is all just nice stuff to know about yourself. I'm just like a little personality test, but he knows who I am and fun. I know who he is. Yeah. Yes, but had I taken it more seriously, I think we could have had had a lot more. Things off at the pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel that still to this day. We're what? I really don't know how long. Yeah. <laughs> However many years in, I still feel it. Um, but let's back up a little bit. When you all, you said you started hanging out with friends, right? And then you started hanging out just together. But yeah. a lot of people knew both of you, right? If you were in this, like if you kind of ran in the same groups, a lot of people were probably watching your relationship develop yes. and kind of watching what was happening. How much did you let others speak in to your relationship? I think everybody just really supported us. I mean, so I didn't, I don't remember anyone like saying, you know, you got to be careful. I think they just, because I think we went about it the right mm-hmm. route and we were good, such good friends with everyone. 
But we never really, even outside of our friends, had anyone give us much advice. I know I didn't, for me, like someone just to say, hey, here's what to look for in a spouse. And here's what not, you know, what, what to avoid. But, you know, really just as far as like outside people, um, I think it was just observing others and no one really speaking. Yeah. Because I don't, we didn't really seek it outside of just the premarital counseling, but. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, I know for my family, my friends, they saw that I was the same person with them as I was with Jimmy. And with Jimmy, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know, think we ever had any warning signs or watched out for this or I don't know. They just saw our relationship developing slowly. Um, and so there was never any really red flags like, mm, this yeah. may not work out. That's what you see. You see a lot, um, especially now. And maybe it's just more so. I remember when I was in college and Ryan was in Memphis and I was in Knoxville and a lot of people didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of had a, lots of opinions about long distance relationships oh, yes. and about how long, well, when he gets back, you need to date at least two more years so you can really know each other. And I mean, everyone had time frames in mind or had, you know, the kind of dates you should go on or, yes. you know, so it was one of those things where, I think it's hard to learn where to draw the line of letting people lovingly speak into you and letting people actually guide where your relationship goes. Yes. Because it is, it gets sticky so fast. And like as far as people speaking in, it was, I remember um, like around, I was like 23 or 24. And if you weren't dating someone, well, first (laughs) off, you hear, take your time, you know, getting married. It's a big decision. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoy yourself and just date. But then if you're not married, then, I was going to say, in right. the South, if you're not married by 23, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah, yes. it's like yes. maybe like you live like an alternative lifestyle or something. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or is that a life are you living yes. right now? Yeah. Well, I will say that my parents did speak into that to be careful as far as like having a physical relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I was a wild child or anything, but um, we were intentional about that, about not putting ourselves in, in situations where we would be tempted to go beyond a certain point. Mm-hmm. And so my parents did speak into that. Not like, gosh, watch yourself. You're going to be wanting to rip your clothes off. Yeah. But truly, <laughs> I know Amanda, that sounds funny. I'm, I'm but let's talk get, to you for a moment. Let's get real, uh, you know. It's your dad sitting you down. Listen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't talk about this. My mother can, but you can't. But um, that is pretty much is what the only thing I can think of that they spoke into. But after uh, marriage, too, like um, – people speaking into your marriage, like small groups, mm-hmm. like whether it's men's group or, you know, ladies group, but then we were been in a couple, uh, couples groups. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing what everybody else is going through and you just pick up on things like, wow, okay, I'm glad we're having these discussions because it helps you, you know, appreciate, you know, the opposite sex and mm-hmm. the challenges. Mm-hmm. Well, and it shows you that a lot of people are probably going through the same things you're going through yes, or yeah. have gone through them already and can speak into it from that perspective, yes. being on the other side of it. So you all, you know, you dated, you uh, proposed, you got married. What was one of just the best memories from your first few years uh, together married? I remember us um, going out with uh, to Andy and Angie's house, like about three or four Seems like every Friday, Friday or Saturday, we were just we went on some trips with them, and we just had so much fun. So that was I remember us, uh, and then other people too. It just mm-hmm. seems like on weekends we were always doing something. I was back before you know 
people had kids. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> they still had the freedom days. to go wherever yeah. they yeah. wanted to go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what that's like. I don't know. I guess maybe because we don't have kids, we've it's always just been the two of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love our life together. So it's hard to pick just one thing. Yeah. Well, as when far we, as like being one of the things happiest. too is like when we first got married, um, I had owned a house and it was around, it was small, it was two bedroom, one bath, oh, Lord, up yes. a gravel road, um, oh. in the wood, Ooh. holler in a holler. Yeah. <laughs> <And> literally, literally <laughs> down oh, in a my. holler. And so I had two dogs and a cat and she had a couple of cats. Oh my word. And so yeah. in this little house we had, and then I think we, you know, were they all indoor? Adopted. Yeah. Well, the dogs stayed but out. The they dogs used to be inside, but they had to go Inside outside. and out. Yeah. But that was kind of, we were involved a lot with our critters. Yes. You know? <laughs> that was a good thing, which was hilarious because Jimmy's allergic to cats. And here I bring my two and in. there's like, seven cats. Yeah, it's like, babe, you're going to need a bubble suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to wear a mask. It's going to be fine. He's on like a respirator. Yes. And Amanda's still bringing in more cats. Isn't this great, Jimmy? You know Take I'm allergic surgeon. to these, right? <laughs> you're fine. It's, everything's fine. What were some of the hardest things to get used to in your first few years of marriage? Oh, I know immediately. Finances. Um, I love to spend money, and he saves. He's very prudent with his money. And, of course, then, you know, we got a, a joint checking, and then we each spend money differently. And, honey, Mama loved to go to Target. The number goes up, then it goes yes, down. Yes, you know, like, what goes the up, then it goes down. Yeah, what did you spend for $150 at Target? I just went in for toilet That's paper. Next of, thing I know, I've got new patio furniture. That's your concern, Jimmy. Okay. Yes, but we just had different... I guess priorities with mm-hmm. spending, and <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this because we went through that Crown Ministries thing. Yeah. It just didn't take with me. We need that. That was one on one. I got no problems that with that. Day we need to it. Just really didn't yeah, take. Yeah. We need a refresher. Mama not doing the envelope thing. That crumbs the style. These envelopes are too small. What is this? I was borrowed from that little envelope yeah. over here. Oh, we went through like the grocery oh, groceries. We don't need groceries this week. Yeah, Jimmy, you got cereal. She went through all the envelopes. No matter what the la- they were labeled. We need more envelopes. And one week, you know, you just spent the whole month in three days. But, but look how great everything is. I know. Isn't, that, Isn't that pretty? What did that first conversation look like? Jimmy, like the first time that you had to be like, listen, this is not working. The finance part? Yes. Well, we got married <laughs> and we had a really nice reception and everything, but we paid for everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like my family, I think their contribution, they pitched in. I mean, it was, it's not like it was a nice microwave, but they got us a microwave. <laughs> Please God, don't let them. It was a top them. of the line microwave. But, you know, that wasn't doing anything for the reception. Let me tell you that. Right, but I remember you getting the bill and it was at the L and N. We had shrimp and everything. <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> it's not it's it's big eyes. We had shrimp. Like, I I shrimp. So that was, <laughs> was it on martini glasses? <laughs> Actually, before we got married on the finances part, like we, so I had this house, right? And Amanda had a beautiful little um, um, apartment over in Sequoia Hills, like where there's uh, mm-hmm. old, probably built in the that's 30s so or your, 40s. That's so your speed, Amanda. Yeah. That and is, so I loved it over there. when we got engaged, and she's like, well, where are we going to live? And I was like, well, you know, I've got this house. And she's like, I'm not living there. And I was like, okay, well, let's go see what our budget can afford. <laughs> and so <laughs> the houses that a realtor pulled for us, it was 
Uh-uh. It was bad. Oh. So I remember her like saying, okay, the gauntlet's been let down. And so I, I went off for a two-week trip for work. <laughs> and seriously, I came back and every square inch of the house was totally, totally different. I'm not exaggerating. Like the covers for... Uh, you know, outlets and yes. the carpet was Down ripped to up. The outlets and yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But I think it, it tied into when, you know, finances, of course, but just like um, our levels of what clean means, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yes. so, like this house, you know, out of, I think I bought it in 95. And so this was around 99. I never cleaned the carpet. Oh, help me. And, yeah. Oh, and so there smelled. was like, and I didn't really notice it until she pointed it out, but there was a trail, like a path, a dirt path. From the dogs. Where you walk, where the dogs go. Yeah, oh, in and out, because we'd had some septic work or something done. Oh, I did. Uh, no, no. There was septic germs <laughs> yes. in this carpet. And Jimmy's yes. like, it looks great. Yeah. But it's you know, fun. welcome to our new home. Yeah. But we just grew up, I mean, I grew up PWT. You know, hey, that's not peace. We can't say that. <laughs> Clearly, that's going to have to and, be. Peace. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> but just like our just our how we approach, um, like to me, clean was a different, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. level to a man yes. totally. Yes. So those two in with the you know the finance, I mean, together they're mm-hmm. those two, and that's just I'll never forget probably. Three to four months into being married, calling my mom, being like, boys are gross. Like, I grew up yes. with two older brothers, right. so I, I on some level knew, but I never had to clean up after them. Yes. And then I moved in with Ryan, who it's not that he's not clean. It's just that, like, what he perceives as this looks right. great, it doesn't. Uh-huh. It does not look great. And, like, the, the uh, what was it? The thing that we argued about, probably the toothpaste in the sink, like, not rinsing out the toothpaste. Yeah. Or whiskers in the sink. Yes. For the it, love he was of just God, like, I got most of it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But that was actually been good training for me. Like, uh, she's helped me to be aware of the details. (laughs) So now I'm very aware of when things are not clean. (laughs) This is great. What was the thing that tipped you off the most, Mando? Like, what was the thing that he did those first few years that you're like, we're going to fix this? I guess cleaning. Actually, I remember one time we we would fight at the house, not yell, because we're just not that type, but we would argue. So we decided we're going to have this conversation at a restaurant so we can't um, leave one another. We rode together, so we got to leave together. (laughs) Chili's. Yes, it was. It was Where all great conflict is is dealt with. Yes. And Jimmy had asked me, I don't even remember what the question was, but my answer was that something that I guess that bothered me that he could work on, and it was about cleaning. And he took offense to that. I'm like, you can speak into this. He took offense to it because it seemed superficial. But later we talked about it because that was the end of that conversation at Chili's. Clearly, it was just the rest of the time. We just eating and we just ate our chips and salsa. And we, didn't, we didn't say anything after that. Split a molten yes. <laughs> yes. But what he didn't realize, and I didn't, I, I didn't articulate this, my, my surrounding where I live I find security and peace when it's clean and organized. Mm. But he didn't grow up that way, so he wasn't – that's not how he translated what I said. He translated that I that I was saying he was a pig and that if he would just stop doing X, Y, and Z, that we would be happy. Mm-hmm. But, but I didn't articulate that what I was really saying 
is when the house is not clean. And I'm not saying like with a white glove. Sure. When it's not picked up and organized and for the most part tidy, to me that's chaotic and I don't enjoy that space. Pretty Our house tidy, should be yeah. a place of like a retreat. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't feeling that way. And I was starting to resent him for the stupid stuff because I didn't tell him what it meant to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you all learn to walk through conflict? I mean, I know we talk about these like funny, silly ones or whatever. The yes. first few things you're trying to get used to be living together in the same house, sharing space. But how did you learn to actually walk through these conflicts together and then and then lead that into how did you learn to make big decisions together without it leading to conflict? Yeah. I think it took some time because apparently we didn't do it correctly initially. It was more or less like, the quiet game, um, mm-hmm. but going to this counselor, we went, and actually it was a good time, I think, that we chose to go in one of the good times, yeah. you know, and not in the valley. So yeah, it was like, like your yeah, last yeah, like, exactly. Wouldn't this be yeah, good like, to okay. enhance? Don't we need to probably go to this? But the counselor had a really neat approach. She's like, all right, what I want to do is I want you guys to f- – I want, I want to learn about you and your personality. Then I want to see how you were raised. And so, for example, like right out of the – the gate, she recognized like my personality. She's like, Amanda, is he a, a sensitive person? Not in the sense of like, oh, you get your feelings hurt. Maybe a little there, but just like, you know, awareness. just deep and exactly. like awareness. Yes, exactly. Awareness. So yes. she said, yeah. So uh, she's like, I, I noticed it because I'm as well. So she had me read a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. And then Amanda, one of the things that she picked up was like she needed to set boundaries. So she... Well, she, she she mentioned how you were raised because that would determine, like, how you deal with conflict, mm-hmm. even yes. as in your 40s mm-hmm. or 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, we each had the assignment to read our book on our person to figure out. And it was really uh, liberating for me because I was like, oh, my gosh, this I'm not a freak after all. Like, I do these things. <laughs> Still kind of, but yeah. not as much. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. But it was, it was wild how it nailed, you know. Me is like, okay, I do these things. But it also gave you like practices on how to prevent your thoughts from snowballing and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But then Amanda learned about this book, Boundaries. And so then she said, you know, Jimmy, I want you to read the book on boundaries. And Amanda, you read The Highly Sensitive Mm -hmm. Person. So it helped us appreciate um, like actually some of the weaknesses of my personality type. Somebody with with hers would help me like rein things in. Now it's like the enneagram, right? You know, yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it's like staying on task. So I think once you appreciate, you know, the uh, uniqueness of each mm-hmm. other, um, and then just being willing to, you know, have then when you have the tough discussions, like the the big decisions, like you said, then it's just like, hey, it's and you know, it doesn't have it happen much, but. We need to we need to sit down and talk. So mm-hmm. it's like we know, and it's like okay, it's time to get serious, and we've got some big decisions to make. Yeah. So, and I think what led us to actually seeking somebody out, it wasn't again that we were having specific problems, but we did recognize because we had been married. I don't know. Let's say about twelve years or mm-hmm, so, maybe uh, twelve years. So this is twelve years for us to get smart enough to get to this point, thinking, you know what, what we're doing now as far as communicating isn't working. So before it gets so bad that we hate one another. Let's see if we there's a counselor out there that who could tell us about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we went in, she was saying, well, what do you all want to get from this session? And we both agreed that we want to know how to um, have a disagreement constructively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we would, we, pretty much we would do the 
silent thing. Uh, Jimmy's a he's a good communicator. He likes to talk about it. I I have to retreat for a while, and I'll say something I'll I'll regret mm-hmm. because I can be a really smart mouth. Mm-hmm. I, know I feel that's, that. that's a shock to you, Jimmy. I feel that. Yeah, the sarcastic part of yes. me comes out. So I, we wanted to learn how to have disagreements constructively, and. And sometimes even agree to disagree. Mm. Just because we're married doesn't mean we're always of one mind. Yeah. I can have very much a strong opinion about animals. He's a hunter, and I'm over there going to give given to what is ASCPA or whatever. Every that, time ASPCA. that song comes yes. on. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to save that dog in Africa. <laughs> but so, you know, um, I guess for us to recognize in one another that um, – we are different, and how we communicate and how we have arguments or disagreements is completely different. But how do we get to the end of it and not just, not just, I guess, clam up and think, okay, he didn't get what I was saying, I didn't get what he was saying, but we'll just go on, and then we'll just wait till we get to the next argument, and then we just up. vomit all this ugliness. It's been a backlog of 12 years. Um, so... Um, she had us, do you remember when she said, next time y'all have an argument, I may have even said this in that podcast. Uh, I love this podcast. story. I want to hear it again. Yes. Next time y'all have a disagreement, I want you all to stop and say, you know, um, Jimmy, this is what I'm hearing you say. And so we did that. And so we were mid, I was, you know, angry. And then I, I, I thought, okay. She said to, you know, slow down, take a deep breath and say, Jimmy, this is what I'm hearing you say. And then he would say, no, that's not what I was saying. This was I, this is what I was saying. And I, oh, okay. Thank you. So <laughs> then we got in this so mid-disagreement. Mid we both started saying this stuff. And then we just stopped and started dying laughing. I was like, this is so not natural. <laughs> this is stupid. But it did help us. As soon as the humor came into it, our guards came down. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, I could hear what he was saying, mm. and I saw in myself maybe something he was trying to point out and not be um, destructive with it, but to see that if I heard what he was saying, it would actually help our relationship mm-hmm. as opposed to hurting it. He wasn't trying to break me down. He was trying to say, this isn't working, and this is how I feel, and even though I may not agree with him or even see what he was saying, at the end of it, as soon as we start the, the laughter after it died down, it was like the shingles from my eye had, eyes had been removed, and I could actually see and hear what he was saying. I don't know if you felt that way, yeah. but the humor helped us let our guards down. Well, and I think it's, you know, even having to reverse the books. You read the books, then you reversed it. Yes. I think, too, you learned how the other person needs to hear things. Yes, and like how you need to say it, but also it gave you a little bit of a place to be like, this is what they're trying to say. They're not doing it well, but I know yes. what they're trying to get yes. at right uh-huh. now because I've taken the time to know them on that level. Exactly. Yes. You know, like outside of what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I don't know that I could stop and be like, Ryan, this is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it's you say not right natural. Now. We haven't done that ever. This is again. my truth yes. right now. <laughs> so once you all got, you know, further into uh, your marriage, how did you find your rhythms with each other? You know, obviously you both don't love the same things. Jimmy talked briefly about that towards the beginning. So what does it look like just to kind of learn when to let the other person go do their thing, when to join them? Because I think, especially newlyweds think we need to do everything together. Mm-hmm. And I think further into the marriage, you realize we all, we need our own things. Like we need something that it's we healthy. do separately. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like to figure that out for you all? Um, 
One of the things, actually, as far as a rhythm, it seems like our relationship has gotten so much better in the last couple of years over, um, you know, Amanda expressed how, you know, she, you know, what what is it like your environment and how you really like it to be spotless and clean. It makes you feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Just peace. basically. Yeah. At peace. Yeah, I feel, yeah. So yeah, we, uh-huh. you know, our house was built in 1890 and we have this detached garage. And so we bought it in 2004. Well, there were these brick pavers. There's antique brick pavers that were all settled. There was some concrete. It was cracked. There were all these crazy little flower beds and weeds. You know, it was a, it was a nightmare. And so <laughs> let's buy it. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. Well, we that we loved everything amazing. about it. But so, but we we had to walk in on this patio slash whatever you know for years, and then it just really bothered Amanda. Yeah. And she's like, and so you know, I was like, okay. What do we want? We're going to stay at this house. What are we going to do? And she's like, I just want all this to be concrete. Yes. And so that's what <laughs> we did. You know, we just had a buddy of mine has a, a small tractor and we just leveled it all and had it hauled off. And we had this major concrete um, project, like a patio and a driveway. Yeah. And so, and my life even changed, but it just is just so much more clean. Well, yeah, so, so Amanda, like, yeah. for example, if she's driving up to our house and if a lampshade is crooked, she knows. Mm. Like it's there's something. Yeah, exactly. Something's Truly, off. I can't help yeah. it. I mean, yes. And so like sometimes, yeah. and I know it's a bad joke, but I would like maybe just move something, like a picture, <laughs> like tilt it. And and she would walk in and say, Hey, how you doing? And she would just go so over during the conversation. Moved over there. <laughs> so I, I just in in out of the blue, maybe three months into having this patio, she just said, My my life has changed. Yeah. yeah, and so because that was a big deal, you come. She comes home. She call it her nest, and she, like she just feels secure. I mean, she keeps it very clean. It's her way. So I, I think that that allowed us to. I don't know the rhythm. I, I think about it. it's like we're more of a has a natural rhythm, mm-hmm. and um, well, when it was, you see things that are out. Uh, you know, even if it was that, probably didn't bother you that much. I mean, it's probably annoying, right, exactly. Jimmy. Like. That's not great, but you know it, it is what it is. But you saw the effect it was having on having on Amanda. Yeah. So to be like, okay, what do we need to do? Like we're staying yeah. here, let's do something. I think it's finding, and that's even a little bit different the question. But I love that direction of helping the other person find their rhythm, like seeing when they're out yes. of their yes. rhythm and helping them find mm-hmm. it again. Oh, I yeah. think it yeah. takes such an awareness to do and that. And when you fix it, um, like this is a huge outdoor living space now. That's where we go in the spring and summer and even early fall. That's our sanctuary out there. And we have people over. Honestly, before, and I know it's pride, but I'll say it. I didn't like to have people over because truly there was like six or seven different surfaces out there. There's concrete and then mm-hmm. pavers and um, rock and gravel. Like for the love. I just want it simple. Yeah, It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. I just want it simple. Um, and And we did. Truly, it's amazing, maybe pathetic, that it changed our lives so dramatically mm. that when I pull in now, I think, oh, I want to be here. This yeah. is uh, this is a place of refuge. Well, that's what you did for my house. Like when we bought that house right before Henley was born and I was just sitting in it like, 
I don't know what to do with this house, but I don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't want people to come over. I don't like what it looks like. I don't like what it feels like in and here. And I love your house. And I just thought the only person I can think of to help me with this is Amanda. Yep. And I mean, literally fun. gave this woman a budget and a key to the house. And <laughs> I just walked in and it truly made it feel like a home. And you just don't realize how important your environment is. Yes. And how it so much will shape how you feel. I think especially for women. Like yes. How we feel on any given day is what the environment around us is like. Exactly. And it yes. was just like, it was a play. It became this place of rest. Mm-hmm. It became a place of, I like how it feels in here. I'm, I'm proud of it. You yes. know, I want people to be in it too. Yes. And that in of itself is a gifting. I mean, that, that you're capable of doing that to any space you. you walk into, Thanks. Amanda. It is absolutely, I wish that I was married to you so you could, <laughs> you could take uh, care of my patio yeah. as, as much as you want. What is a common piece of advice that's given about marriage that you all found to just be completely untrue? You know, everyone's given you advice when you get married throughout your marriage and they're like, just do this or do that or remember this. Is there something that someone told you all and looking back, you're like, that was not accurate for us. I think given, you know, you always hear give and take. It's all about give and take. I mean, of course you still do that, but I don't know when you're expecting something in return. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. And so I, I think really, and it sounds like, oh, that's such a spiritual thing to say. But I think if you're just more focused on the giving, Mm-hmm. Then, um, I mean, that's how we're really created, sure. like our new nature. But yeah, because it, you, you always hear that, don't you? You know, give yes. and take. Yes. Oh, yes. All the you know, time. it's all about yeah, give and take. Give if and you take. give, and yeah. but you know, I, I, I get it. And like, okay, if you get this big purchase, you know, you're going to get to get something. Yes. <laughs> we still but, do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but, you got uh, that, so I get this. <laughs> but I think that that's something that. And we've learned that. I remember a few years ago, there was the some guy that came and spoke on marriage, mm-hmm. maybe about three or four years ago. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he's like, we, he, instead of saying, what do you feel? What do I feel? What do we? Mm-hmm. And we, we actually used that little tactic for <laughs> two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also didn't yeah, take. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think give and take, that's, that's something. How about you? Uh but, um, that's so true, though, Jimmy. Like the it, 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 you can't do it expecting something in return. That's where it's off. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you can't give thinking they're going to do something for you. I just I think that's so true, and I've never thought about it that yeah. way. I don't know if this would be inaccurate. This is just for my me personally, and most people probably like oh, there's something wrong with her. But as far as like not going to bed angry for me, I have to think about something and. Jimmy is not a night owl. I am like two o'clock a.m. I hit my stride. Jimmy, my he's in bed by eight thirty, and I feel that Jimmy. If yeah. We have yep, late yep. night conversations. He's raw, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's really best for us to back off a little bit mm-hmm. and revisit it the next day. Well, and that's it, all a part of you all learning your it's rhythms. your personalities like, very yeah, much. So it's so important. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah. And Jimmy's good about. Pursuing a conversation, letting it rest. I might just let it go indefinitely. I he would be that. like, "Hey, you know, yesterday when this happened, let's talk about that." Not be, I might be saying, "Bite me," but I know he's, I know yep. he's, he's, trying to he's get spot on. Yes. We're actually different than that, you know. Most 
Couples, it's the other way around, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not way like I'm fine. Let's you know what, Jimmy? Bite me. I'm not talking yeah. about it. Yes. <laughs> Okie dokie. No, all right. Well, I'll see you later. Okay, yeah. what's for dinner? It's what good. I'm hearing you say, Amanda. Is... Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is bite me, which right. must mean you don't want me to talk to you. You mean right literally? Or... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how that'll go down, right. but you know, I don't feel like it's the right thing to do right now. <laughs> but what? Looking back now, y'all been married how long? Twenty, 20 years. Twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yes. What are y'all going to do for the 20th anniversary? We, we just had it. Yeah, you just had it? Last October. Yeah. yeah. What'd y'all do? Did y'all go anywhere? No. You're welcome for me. <laughs> well, every let day, me shine a spotlight every, every on that. Day no, every day is a celebration. <laughs> right. 20 years of love. Every day is a celebration. Yes. But 20 years of marriage. What, at this point, is something that no one told you about being married? Hmm. Don't act like y'all didn't know this question. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah, what did I put? Let me check. Let me, let me check a piece of paper here. You know, I, I don't remember. Where is it? I don't know if I would listened to a lot. I mean, maybe I'm sure people said things, but um, I don't know if I was paying attention, you know, to advice. I just um, definitely didn't know that we were going to be on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, talking <laughs> about marriage. Okay, no I consulted my notes, that. and I remember something. Um, uh, I know this is, we were being funny, but um, no one told me, and maybe just because we grew up in the church, no one would really emphasize it is imperative that your husband be a spiritual leader. Um, and maybe even going into the marriage, I didn't know that it would make a difference. Um, but there's times, even now especially, he is very much the leader, and he does things um, to spur us along, even, I don't, I don't even know how to say it, like um, when he encourages us to pray together or to go to church together or be together. I, I don't know. It's just just the way he leads spiritually mm-hmm. without beating me over the head with it. Again, when you when you have a problem with authority, I don't like somebody telling me something like you will go to church. Like, well, that's what I won't be doing. Watch me not even go. if I don't. Yes. You know, even if I want to go, I won't because you tell me to. But the way he leads spiritually, I see it in him. In him, like he gets up at oh dark hundred, and has a quiet time every day, without fail, ever. And I see that, and he's not trying to draw attention to it, but I see it. And I admire that. And because he does that, our marriage benefits from it. Mm-hmm. And I benefit from it. So I think it is, it's imperative. I just, that, just that the weight look. that it carries. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just something like, oh, he just needs to make sure y'all go to church and you get Sunday school and maybe get involved in a small group. No. I mean, like the life of your marriage pretty much is based on that. Mm-hmm. If he's going to lead you. Well, and then even though you hear like the man's supposed to be the spiritual leader, yeah. you don't really get the emphasis is like, this is on you, buddy. Yeah. Right. And so, but then again, you all, you see today a lot of women are the spiritual leaders mm-hmm. in the homes and mm-hmm. and, and actually, actually more women attend church, yeah. right? right? Or not necessarily attending churches right. label you as a follower of Christ, but yet more People, they're more women are spiritual. Into it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yes, they, yes. they're the ones that are praying for husbands to to be saved. And I mean, of course, it happens the other way around too. Mm-hmm. But um, and I remember actually hearing this. I, I went on a one on one with this counselor, and she's like, "Jimmy, this is on you, man. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you're kind of like, I need some help over here too. I mean, can we, you know, meet me a little bit halfway? But yet at still at the end of the day, I think it draws you closer to God. And you're like, like one of the, my biggest prayer requests, but yet it's also one of my biggest areas of confession is like when Paul says, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. It's like, I pray, help me to do that. But then like, Forgive me, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, didn't go well today. <laughs> yeah. but, what can we know, do about it? That's I don't know. It's just uh, it is at the end of the day, and um, I didn't. You definitely didn't hear mm-hmm. that much emphasis on mm-hmm. men taking, and, and you hear that too from. And sometimes it, it's always seems like it's one sided when you hear pastors talk on marriage because mm-hmm. it's always the men yes. you need to do. But I yeah. get it. But yet, um, it is. Well, and I think it was hard for Ryan and I too, and we've talked about this several times, is I am naturally just take charge Mm -hmm. person. Like, we're going to do this, then we'll go do this, and we'll go do this. Yeah. And I had to learn to kind of step out of the way. Like, I had to learn that if if God was going to position him to lead, I had to to let him out of the way and Mm -hmm. let him lead. Yes. And that was very hard for me to learn because I didn't see, it's a lot of pressure for the man to carry Mm -hmm. of, like you are spiritually guiding our family right, right now. Yeah. And if you it's hard enough doing that, but when you're in the way of it all the time, yes. like saying it, what we should be doing instead or contradicting yeah. what I think we should, you know, like that was a hard lesson to learn. Yes. Yeah, early absolutely. on for me to give him space to do that. Yeah, it took me a long time to get there. Um I didn't do it naturally. And I always I guess I just bucked the system thinking like what does it mean to be submissive? Um like cause that's I don't I don't like that. But knowing that he he wants what's best for us when he does things, and giving him the benefit of the doubt, um, it just saves in the life of our marriage. But she has such great knowledge, you know. Like, it's amazing how she pours into other people's lives, and mm-hmm. she's not out seeking. I mean, they just seem to come to her like uh, friends with problems, yeah. or even like when I have a big decision or we have a big decision. You know, it's I really value her input. You know, we don't have those discussions a whole lot, but, you know, job change or whatever it may mm-hmm. be or sickness, that kind of stuff, or, you know, remodel on the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't yes. decide anything on that. No, nope. you, know, you, you just honey. leave and come back yes. and it's done. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, you know, our pastor always defines submission as an invitation to lead. Exactly. And yeah. that it's just simply saying, hey, I trust you and love you enough mm-hmm. to let you make decisions yes. for our family yeah. um, and what that next step. And mm-hmm. when you see, like you, your example, Amanda, of Jimmy getting up early and spending time in God's Word, you trust him even more to lead. Like, it's almost easier to, to be submissive when yeah. you know that they are developing in themselves what they need to be able to lead. Exactly, yeah. So I think that's a big part of it, mm-hmm. too. But, okay, that was the end of our questions. I, I know that you all feel like you have just absolutely um, poured out all your dark secrets. And that's, oh, no, honey. There's some ugly. Right. <laughs> well, well, that's, 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 that's next part two. That's yes. going to be the part two where all I ask is, what you all fight about? Right. Yes. <laughs> Bring it to the surface. Well, we love you guys. I know that um, I have grown wiser just by being in proximity to you all. So that's why we wanted you all to jump on here with us today. But we appreciate you. And this won't be the end of your podcast career. I can feel it. You're going to come back for more. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or 
you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.